It's Casey on the radio, the health and happiness show brought to you by Hudson Valley Hospital Center, a better place to get better. Hi, it's Casey. Welcome to a little health and happiness. Today, we're talking about your brain and your body art. Plus, big doings in the sky this week, the new moon in Pisces. That's Friday. That means before Friday, write down all the things you want to create in the month ahead. Pamela will have details. And please get your ticket to join me one week from today for Spring Forward, a day for women. We're having a ladies' lunch for ladies of all ages to make an action plan for the rest of our lives. Come visualize and create the life you love. It's going to be at my place, Shine on Reiki, Route 9 in Cold Spring. Get your tickets now at CaseyOnTheRadio.com where it says Spring Forward. Now, good news for those of you who have been struggling to make a change. If you haven't been successful making that change, it's because your brain is wired not to change. Isn't that amazing? Your brain wants short-term reward, not long-term. So you've got to get pretty tricky to outsmart the old noggin. Smart Change is the book from Art Markman. I love it. Now, you have to tame your go system. Your go system is the trigger of habits. Replace that with new behaviors. Harness the stop system. That's all those stresses and other factors that derail you. Optimize your goals by being willing to change slowly and change your surroundings or the environment. You know, get the potato chips out of the house. Engage your posse. Exercise with a friend or tell your neighbors you quit smoking. It all helps. Art Markman is here. He wrote Smart Change. So tell us, why is it so hard to change? Part of it is we are wired to do the thing that feels right in the short term. And so whenever we try to do something that feels right in the long term, we often try to do this by making that a virtue of some kind, thinking, you know, I've got to be a better person, rather than recognizing that the brain is going to keep driving you towards things that feel right in the short term, which means you need to do a lot to turn those long-term goals that you have into things that feel right in the short term as well. And in addition to that, a lot of the things that we have the most trouble changing are things where we're trying to stop doing something. So, you know, people who are trying to stop smoking, stop uh, eating too much, or maybe stop checking their email so often. And the problem is we can't learn not to do things. The brain is not designed to learn not to do things. And so another big aspect of this is we got to turn all of the things that we're trying to change into positive behaviors we can perform rather than focusing on the negative stuff on what it is that we're trying to stop doing. All right. I just heard this thought the other day, and you are the perfect person to ask. Is it true that our subconscious mind does not understand no or not? (laughs) Um, I think that's a reasonable way to characterize it, actually. Basically, the the subconscious isn't that interesting. You know, we we think of it often as this being this collection of of individuals who've been deliberating behind our back all this time. And really what the subconscious is doing is associating the situation you're in, the environment, the thoughts you're having, the thing, and, and doing all that, making that association with the behaviors you're supposed to perform. And so the problem is, that your subconscious is then constantly feeding you an action that you should be performing right now. Uh, and, and when you want to tell it no, uh, you have to do that explicitly. You have to really uh, engage these, these brain mechanisms that are in the frontal lobes of your brain that, that are effortful to use to tell yourself no. And, of course, because they're effortful to use and they're impaired by stress and by drugs and alcohol and by overuse, um, eventually, if you keep trying to say no, explicitly 
like that, uh, that subconscious is going to kick in. It's going to take over. You're going to find yourself doing the thing you didn't want to do. Yes, this is why I can I say out loud as I'm reaching my hand into the bag of chips, this is my last handful. And it never is. No. Well, it it, it could be if the bag is empty after that handful. Right, exactly. I I just want to say that's actually really important, right? Because it means that it's the environment controlling your behavior and not you. Okay. So the environment is having the chips in my space. Is that it? Right. And then then you only stop when they're done. Yeah. Right? You know, so you you, you can't actually say to yourself, hey, I'm done with these now because there's more chips in the the bag and your hand just keeps reaching in there despite your best intentions, which means that one of the big things you need to do when you're changing your behavior is to control that environment. You know, yeah, anyhow. Well, I jump on that, and we're going to jump back to that too. But first, I want to go back to that long-term, short-term. It feels good short-term, but you need to make changes for long-term. Can you give me an example of that? You know, I, I often say that if you if you look in the you know in, in in our Judeo-Christian heritage, and you say what's our top ten list, and you look at the the Ten Commandments, pull out a few of them that have to do with follow this religion rather than that one. All of the rest of them are about do the thing that feels right in the long term rather than the feel, thing that feels right in the short term, right? Uh, that pretty thing somebody else owns, don't steal it. That, uh, that, that guy who just ticked you off, don't kill him. Uh, that very attractive spouse, the person living next door, uh, leave, leave, leave him or her alone, right? There, there are all of these kinds of short-term temptations out there in the world. And, uh, and yet, you know, it, people still manifestly fail uh, on, on those kinds of things all the time. And, uh, and it's, it doesn't have to be quite that severe, right? I mean, you know, eating that bag of chips rather than having the beach-ready body for summer, checking your email all morning rather than doing something productive, uh, you know, uh, people who still smoke, you know, all of that is still uh, is doing the thing that feels right in the short term rather right. than the feel, thing that feels right in the long term. Got it, got it, got it. All right, now take me back to that part of the front of my brain that's so difficult and tell me why it's troublesome. What I talk about in, in the book is that we've got these two distinct systems that work together to control our behavior. One of them, buried deep inside the brain, which I call the go system, engages your goals, makes you excited about things that are related to those goals, really clears the deck for action. Every once in a while, that go system engages a behavior you don't want to perform anymore. Um, in that situation, all that you have left is a couple of ounces of brain material right up in the front of your brain, above your eyes, that, uh, that I call the stop system. That that system is really designed to inhibit, to stop you from doing something that uh, the ghost system has engaged. Now, unfortunately, that system is evolutionarily a lot newer. It, it hasn't had the, the time to become as optimized as the ghost system has. And in a lot of ways, you don't want a stop system that can always overpower the ghost system. Otherwise, you might be stuck never doing anything. So for a variety of reasons, that stop system has to be weaker than the go system. And that means that if you're relying on that all the time, it's kind of like riding the brakes on the car. You know, eventually uh, the, the, the engine's going to win out and you're going to end up doing things that you don't want to do. The book is Smart Change, Five Tools to Create New and Sustainable Habits in Yourself and Others. Art Markman is the guest and author of this book. And here's a question for you as we uh, encourage people to pick this book up if they're trying to make any change in their life. Evolution-wise speaking, where is our brain headed? 
That's a that's a fascinating question. Well, you know, I think that that one of the amazing things about the human brain is that we have actually developed this remarkable capacity to be able to exist in any information landscape that is around us. So I think that the that, that the reason that the human brain is probably not going to evolve a tremendous amount from where it is is because we're already able to do something that pretty much every other animal isn't able to do. You know, I had a baby deer born in my front yard. You know, Austin, Texas, we got a big deer problem here. Baby deer born in the front yard popped out of its mom. Within 24 hours, it had run off, and within a year, it had become a fine, upstanding member of the deer community. It was able to do that because deer are stupid. They don't know how to cross the street. They can't find food in a modern urban landscape. Um, My kids are 20 years old, and they're just barely leaving the house. Right, two decades. I've, I, they've been on the dole, and the reason for that is because it takes about that long for them to acquire all the information they need to be able to survive in this crazy world that we have right now. And that's a that's a wonderful thing for us because it means we can adapt immediately to whatever technology is around us. But it also means that we have to learn how to do every little thing in a way that deer don't. So, you know, deer don't have some of the problems that we have because if we only partially learn things like how to act properly in our world, then... um you know, that, that's going to uh, cause us real problems down the line. And some of those mechanisms that are evolved that are still in there can get us into trouble in the modern world. Things like the fact that we are adapted to, like, sweet and salty and fatty foods, which were probably very rare in our evolutionary environment and are very common right now. So, you know, if, if you came across something salty and fatty and you're in, you know, 100,000 years ago, you ought to eat it, you know. If you come across it now, it probably means that you're in a 7-Eleven, right. and, uh, and, and, and now that's not such a good idea. And yet, because we're wired to want those things, very hard for us to put them down. Everybody should visit smartthinkingbook.com. You can also find Art Markman on Twitter and Facebook. The brain is not fully formed until we're in our 20s, right? When is it at its uh, peak? Right in your 20s is when it hits its peak in certain respects. So um, you, hit, you hit your early 20s, you start undergoing a long, slow cognitive decline. Right. The, the positive news is it's long and it's slow. And so deep into your 70s, you're still doing pretty well. Now, in your 20s, you are at your peak in the sense that the brain is best coordinated then. It works the fastest. The thing is that the that brain function itself is not the only thing that determines how effectively we act in the world. So there's two other things that, that matter here. One is knowledge. So the older you get, the more you know which means that you need to spend a little bit less time deliberating and a little bit less time uh, avoiding doing the wrong thing because you already have made a bunch of mistakes before. And so your, your brain is really acting much more, much smarter as you get older because of this wide range of knowledge that you have in some sense that um, you know your younger brain and this is the second point has to work faster in some ways because without all of that knowledge it it really uh, has to play catch-up relative to the older people and then from a behavior change standpoint you know some of our goals are just much stronger for us when we're younger 
Mm-hmm. And uh, as we get older, um, we're, you know, some of those drives don't really push us quite as hard anymore, and so we end up not doing uh, quite as many dumb things because the stop system doesn't have to work quite as hard anymore to overcome what the go system is setting up for us. Do you think the, uh, the, all the gadgets and technology that kids grow up with today, do you think that's interfering with normal grain, brain growth? You know, I, I have, um, I, I do think that it's, it's a problem. Um, you know, and I don't, I don't want to be a Luddite here. I mean, I, you know, I love having, I was on a plane the other day. I loved having my iPad with all of my, uh, everything I wanted to read and then a video at the end when I was tired. But we are so connected all the time that we are losing a number of really important abilities. One of them is the ability to concentrate for a long period of time. We are distracted by emails and by texts and by the potential for, uh, you know, new whatever, you know, whatever the new technology is for them, you know, Snapchats and Vines and things like that. We are, we are uh, so barraged by those that kids are finding it harder and harder to pay attention for an extended period of time. That strikes me as one real problem. I think another real problem is that uh, with all of this communication that's being mediated by technology, we are losing our ability to really engage with people face-to-face. And it's so important to be able to have a real conversation with people uh, in real time to get deeply into things and not just to speak on the surface of things. And, and I really feel like uh, we're going to have to find a way to manage that technology. I think you know, technology is great. It gives us access to all kinds of information. It allows us to do things we never imagined. But, you know, if we don't give ourselves an opportunity to really engage with each other in a deep way and for us to engage with other material in a deep way, books and and, and other things like that, then we're going to really end up with a generation that that doesn't have the high degree of knowledge that it has to succeed in the workplace. Art Markman, Smart Change is the book. I'm not done with it yet, but if you need a copy, I will try to share. Next up, a young artist educates me about body art. It's Casey on the radio. The Health and Happiness Show, brought to you by Dr. David Bank at the Center for Dermatology in Mount Kisco. Visit thecenterforderm.com. I was brought to the emergency room on a Saturday afternoon after suffering from a headache for about three days. Debbie Aglietti was nervous, but she didn't want to alarm anyone. She had her husband drop her off at the Hudson Valley Hospital Center, No Weight ER, on the way to taking their sons to a basketball game. Before my husband even came back, I had been seen by two nurses, a doctor, was totally pain-free, and was waiting for the neurology consult. This No Weight ER is no joke. I did not even sit down in the waiting room. Debbie's diagnosis? A viral condition. She spent three nights at Hudson Valley Hospital Center. I can just go on and on about this The way that they care for their patients, the way that they care for each other, it's just a better place to get better. Hudson Valley Hospital Center practices a different kind of medicine. They call it patientology. For more information, visit hvhc.org or call 1-800-482-4842. Hello, this is Pamela Cuccinelle bringing you the astrology forecast for the week. Friction and challenges may trigger a dream, a conflict, or simply a vague sense of trouble ahead. We are on the threshold of the last Uranus-Pluto 90-degree picture in the sky. What exactly are you going to do to bring about world change? This is not a facetious question. We are all part of the huge shift that is presently occurring. On Monday, forward-thinking ideas are supported 
You may be asked to take on new responsibilities or you craft them for yourself. Although the Uranus-Pluto configuration symbolizes extreme tension and change, there is energetic support to create solutions, if only people are willing. Meditate and pray for our world leaders to do the right thing for growth and evolution. On Tuesday, Venus enters Taurus and shows amplified appreciation of the sensual delights that come forward daily in early spring. Wednesday, take care of anything you don't want to carry into the next lunar cycle because Thursday, we are in gathering energy of the Pisces new moon. This new moon packs a powerful punch. What creative design for your future would you like to take root? The spring equinox takes place at 6.45 p.m. with the sun's entrance into Aries, the first sign of the zodiacal wheel, so it symbolizes another new year to begin fresh and realize promise. Saturday, the planet Saturn turns retrograde to signal that in order to make that dream happen, you must be willing to take responsibility for it. Visit my website to find out more about this unprecedented time from a symbolic perspective. Go to InsightOasis.com. Read Pamela's monthly forecast in Natural Awakenings magazine. Hi, it's Casey. Meet Jess Starr. She is an artist who is doing good work to stamp out judgment and create understanding. Jess, how many tattoos do you have? Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, the, the number, I, I lost track a long time ago, probably somewhere around 60, I would say. 60? Oh, yeah. 60. All right, what was your first? My first one, I have these seven little stars on uh, right around my wrist. I got those about probably a week after I turned 18, and I've been getting them ever since. Wow, seven little stars. Yeah. And why, what's the significance? Uh, my signature, when, when uh, you know, I started signing my name in high school, everyone noticed that it looked like a star, so it just sort of... Came, came around from that, and I started doing, uh, you know, website work with a friend of mine and everything, and we went by the ideas of seven stars and sort of snowballed. All right. So Jess Star is our guest, and we're talking about Love Hard Tattoo Art. Find out more at lovehardtattooart.com. Tell me what your business is all about. Well, we started in 2012. We started a couple of years ago as an art campaign, um, an anti-bullying, anti-discrimination art campaign. You know, specific, more more geared specifically towards people with tattoos and body modifications because we do. You know, when when you're so heavily modified like that, we do go through a lot of discrimination. We get a lot of stares, a lot of whispering, and everything. And some people aren't so subtle. Some people have you know their their opinions right there on the tip of their tongue, and they're not afraid to to say them to you. All right. Well, on behalf of those people, <laughs> I would just like to say sometimes it's a little shocking. Like when you, you come across somebody who has uh, body modifications, such as things that they do to the earlobes or piercing mm-hmm. on their face, and mm-hmm. it's startling. It can be, and I, and I understand that, and I think all of us understand that, but you know I mean? People have thought that for, for long enough about, you know, so many other things, you know. People have thought that about skin color. People have thought that about, you know, piercings, uh, traditional piercings on Middle Eastern women and things like that, you know. And it's just, it's one of those things that it's become more mainstream, people are saying. People are becoming more accepting. It's becoming more common in the workplace and in the military and things like that. But there's still such a stigma attached to it. People want it accepted, you know, 
in, in these certain arenas. They want it accepted in the workplace. I said, why not accept it everywhere? There's no reason why, you know, we should be stared at at the mall just as much as we should have to cover up our arms at work. Right. Okay. I agree with that. But you have to you have to give us, because we're human creatures, you have to let us stare until we get used to it because... Do you know what I'm saying? We don't want mm-hmm. to be rude, but we want to see it and we want to understand it. Absolutely want to understand it. And I think um, the other night on the, what was the awards? Was it the Academy Awards? Mm-hmm. And a couple weeks back now, and Lady Gaga sang in a beautiful white dress, talk, you know, singing all the medley from The Sound of Music, and she stretched out both of her arms, and underneath both of her arms is covered in tattoos. Yep. And I thought... This is going to go a long way because no one could disagree. Almost no one could disagree with how she sang the beautiful classical music from The Sound of Music. And and there she is doing it with tattoos on her arms. So I'm sure there are some people who had to say, hmm, hmm. Exactly. And I'm sure there's plenty that thought, you know, the tattoos ruined the beautiful look that she was creating with her ball gown. But obviously Lady Gaga didn't feel that way. Exactly. So people get body modifications, the piercings and other things, because... For countless reasons. I know people who, you know, get them as an expression of individuality, as an expression of even sort of uh, conformity. Think about, you know, men in the military, sailors getting their tattoos for the regiments and things like that. People get them for all different reasons. I know I personally and, you know, my, my family and my loved ones get them to sort of join together and, you know, be proud of who we are and what we're doing. And it's something that we aren't doing for other people, but we like the idea that other people are seeing it. We're talking to Jess Starr. You can find out more at lovehardtattooart.com. Now, I understand, because I saw your mom at a Christmas party, that she (laughs) got her first tattoo not that long ago. She did. The 30th birthday present to me, both my mom and my dad came with me and got both of, both of them got their first tattoos last year. And what did they get where? Uh, my mom got a nice little pink dahlia tattooed on her ankle. My dad actually got uh, the Texas State Seal for, on, his, uh, on his arm. That's really cool. How great is it to have your parents' approval when you, you know, went down this road towards body art? It was, uh, it was it was a trial, I would say. Um, you know, I mean, I've been doing this for over a decade now, and it's gotten more frequent. It's gotten, you know, pieces have gotten bigger and more elaborate and everything. But when when we had the little family outing, we went we went to the tattoo shop, and we all got tattooed at the same time. It was really sort of, uh, you know, the, the nail in it for me. You know, it was really just, it was moving, because my parents not only were approving of me and my lifestyle, but... They were really proud of what I was doing, and it was just, it was really, it was heartwarming. Yeah. I would say nothing says I love you, honey, like you getting a tattoo for your 30th birthday. <laughs> exactly. Right? Nothing says I'm standing by you, I gotcha, I'm right behind you. I think that's it was, really cool. It was, it was fantastic. All right. So what is it we should say or shouldn't say when, you know, we turn around and our server at the restaurant has modifications that we find startling. What is the appropriate thing to do or not do? Well, I always thought if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all, right? I mean, you know, everybody's got their opinions. It's for some people. It's not for some people, you know. I like to believe that 
everyone's body modifications, their, their tattoo work and everything. It's an expression of art, you know. I'm collecting from artists all over the place, you know. I, I get my work done, you know, all over. And when someone feels that they're collecting a piece of art, it's, just, it's rude to just sort of, you know, denounce that to their face, especially in front of other people. Oh, I am, I am not for the denouncing. But a part of it is, I think that, People, I'm, I, I don't have any tattoos yet, and I say yet because if your mom and dad went for it, God knows. <laughs> you know, I, I may be right behind him one day. Um, but here's the part that gets me. We're not supposed to say anything, but these body modifications, especially the facial tattoos and piercings, mm-hmm. they're calling such attention to them. So it's hard to say we don't want you to have any reaction because sometimes I think it's done for a reaction. Is that wrong to say? It's not necessarily wrong to say, but, I mean, the same thing could sort of be said about somebody wearing, you know, a gold cross around their neck. Or, you know, their cleavage out to, uh, you know, from hither mm-hmm. and yon. I agree. I agree. They, they, yeah, they could be calling attention to it for, for both positive and negative reasons, but that doesn't mean that they're doing it for somebody to react to it. Got it, got it, got it. Like, yeah. you know, you see somebody with crazy eyeshadow or a crazy hairdo or the combination exactly. of the two. Mm-hmm. And you just say, hello, how are you today? I'm yeah. getting it. I'm under. I'm getting it. So, Everybody's just people, regardless of what they look like on the outside. Right. They're just people. They're mm-hmm. just people. Okay. But you can, you're okay, you, you can understand that some of us, like, just don't get it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, but there are things that, there are things that we don't get. Right. You know, I mean, it just, it, it goes both ways. We just happen to be a little bit louder about it, I guess. What I love about your generation, love, love, love about your generation, is you are the most accepting group of people on mm-hmm. the planet. And that's a good thing. You, I think in that way you have a, a lot to teach us. So don't make, don't have preconceived notions. Don't make any judgments just because somebody has a mod, body modification or tattoos galore. Exactly. I guess that's the lesson. Don't make a judgment. That's what, that's what we're all about. All right. I'm on board with lovehardtattooart.com. Now, questions. What does you, what do you do at your website? Our website, you know, we, we, we have a blog set up. We have our shop with all of our merchandise and our art pieces. We also take donations. A big part of what we're doing is spreading awareness about the body issues that not just my generation, but generations coming up are suffering such issues with bullying and body issues and everything like that. And it's leading to such frequent instances of self-harm and even suicide that, you know, it, it's so discouraging to, to people like us. And what we like to do is we, you know, we have all of our art pieces that display these basically cute and cuddly little cartoon teddy bears. He's our little mascot. And we tattoo him all over. We have him pierced. We have his ears stretched. We have him tattooed all over his face and his throat and everything. And he's just as cute and cuddly, regardless of what he looks like on the outside. And it doesn't matter what people think about you. As long as you go through life with a smile on your face because you love what you're doing and you love who you are. And that's really what we're trying to impart. And all of our art sales and our donations that we take in for the cause that we're trying to spread, all the proceeds go to benefit um, in, you know, international organizations that help spread awareness about self-harm and suicide because of body issues like that. Fantastic. Now, at lovehardtattooart.com, you create the art on these teddy bears? Yes. 
So you're an artist. Have you yes. have you ever created tattoo art yet? Have you gone over to do that yet? I've designed some tattoos for some people. Um, I am not a tattoo artist. I will not go that far as to say I am. I've definitely never held a tattoo machine. You know, that's that's not my area. But you know, I have I have actually designed several tattoos for people, and they've uh, been pretty happy with it. Good. So the message we want to get out there is don't judge. Exactly. It's yep. art. It's expression. Is there anything else our listeners need to know this morning? Um, one of the big things we got coming up, actually, I just want to mention, uh, we will be hosting a, a vending booth at South by So at Music Festival in Dallas, Texas next week. Um, you know, and we will be promoting our art and everything like that, and we will be taking donations uh, both online and at the venue. So if anyone is interested, they can go to the website and uh, help out the cause like that. LoveHardTattooArt.com. Okay, what's your next tattoo, Just Star? Oh, boy. I'm, I'm working on a piece right now. Uh, you know, I have uh, some classic monsters going on on my arm, and I'm working on finishing that up. That's going to take a little, little bit more time to get that one on the book. And what do you say to the little old lady who says, oh, honey, you're such a pretty girl. Why do you do that? I say it's art. I'm a collector, and I collect my art. My wall is full at this point, so I may as well put it on my body. <laughs> now, are you concerned about how it will look when you get older? Nah. Not at all. Not at all. I think we're all concerned about what we're going to look like when we're older, regardless of whether we have tattoos or not. Smart cookie, that just star. Lovehardtattooart.com. Have a great week, my sweets, and make your reservations for one week from today. Spring forward lunch, visualization, and inspiration at Shine On Reiki in Cold Spring. Get a ticket today at CaseyOnTheRadio.com. See you then. You've been listening to Casey on the Radio. Hear more at CaseyOnTheRadio.com. The information shared on this show is intended for general information purposes only. You can contact Casey through the website, CaseyOnTheRadio.com.